the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm in a great mood, babies. And not not just because it's Friday Eve. Welcome to my super... Oops. <laughs> Someone recorded over my Thursday drop. Dang it. It's, well, I, we, it's we can, Thirsty Thursday. It's Thirsty Thursday. <laughs> it's also Friday Eve. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We are just glad... Thank you, Jesus. I am just glad that we are rolling into the end of this week, especially given the fact, I don't know if you've had a chance to look out the window today, my hardworking orange finger dude, but it is gorgeous outside, 80 degrees at the coast, none of that frizzy haired humidity, and I cannot wait to kick off the weekend, and I'm glad to have everybody with me rolling into the weekend on this Friday Eve show. Don't forget about a podcast. Download it wherever you get your pods. I believe they're up to date. If not, let me know, and I might, and, and I'll have words with certain individuals that are responsible for getting the pods up. Um, email me at andreakshow.com and our 24-hour hotline, 844-814-5227. All right. Speaking of the orange finger friend who didn't say anything just now when I mentioned whether or not the podcasts were up to date, here he is, the one and only, it's DJ Carrot Hey, does anyone want carrot sticks? Get him out of here. I plead the fifth. <laughs> um, no, they're up to date. They're I, up there. Well, see, so you know, nobody, nobody out there in the AK universe has anything to be complaining about, especially since we had, you know, all these rhinos, these establishment uh, hacks in the media, like Brian Kilmeade going after uh, Congressman Burchett yesterday. All these complainers about what happened with us. Uh, I say us because the eight, the brave eight that held Speaker McCarthy accountable were actually acting on behalf of the voters. And that's this should be considered this week one of the greatest American success stories. First time in history that's happened. Why is it a good thing? Because we're restoring accountability to Washington. When Donald Trump, one of the reasons why they hate Donald Trump, let me remind y'all, let me take you back to his inauguration and something that I pointed out at the time. You might even remember this, my dear carrot sticks. I said the thing that jumped out to, to me the most in his inauguration speech and the one thing that, that put a chill up the spine of the left and the uniparty was when he said, today is the day the government gets returned to the people. That's what they've been trying to stop. They're trying to squelch out MAGA, whether it's through uh, no accountability in the speakership or no accountability with Senate Majority Leader, whether it's the weaponization of our court system, cancel culture, all of it, the the Jan 6 defendants, every bit of it is trying to squelch out the MAGA movement, complete with the fact that we reported a couple of days ago on the FBI and their secret. Tell me we're not living in a police state when the FBI, top law enforcement agency of the land, secretly has come up with a code for internal documents that they intentionally designed and created 
to refer to MAGA without you MAGA people knowing that they are now considering you a terrorist. FBI whistleblower Steve Friend will be on the show at the bottom half of the hour. You're going to want to stay tuned and hear what he has to say about that topic. But the big thing everybody's talking about today is... Did we hear from the White House today and the Democrats? Are they all chanting build the wall? We should have pulled a soundbite from 2015 and 2016 at all the Trump rallies where 50,000 and 60,000 people and 10,000 people were all chanting build the wall. Oh, how bigoted, right? How xenophobic. Remember when Donald Trump came down the escalator in 2015 and said we had to build a wall? Remember, what, remember all the names he was called? What is wrong with you people for talking to build the wall? Why is it that suddenly uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security head Mayorkas has finally admitted and come out and said he switched gears because for six months now, nine months from now, uh, he's been peeing on your leg and telling you it's raining, telling you that the border is secure. Now, all of a sudden, Sticks, he comes out and finally admits, quote, the immediate need for more border wall in Texas. One question on the border wall. The border wall, the money was appropriated for the border wall. I tried to get them to reappropriate, to redirect that money. They didn't. They wouldn't. And in the meantime, there's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what was appropriate. Oh, so that's the story now, Joe Biden. Because, see, the story, the story now from Joe Biden is, look, they put that money in there for the wall. I can't stop. I can't do anything to stop it. What do you expect me to do? I'm just the president of the United States, even though this is what he said. Sticks, if you can play the clip of Biden in 2020 saying on the campaign trail that there would not be another foot of wall built during his administration. We will not build a wall. Walls don't work. A racist and xenophobic wall. We spent years investing in a faulty border wall that was never going to uh, be an effective mechanism. There will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration. It would waste taxpayer dollars on an ineffective wall. Again, an ineffective wall that can't even withstand heavy winds. We know that walls don't work, that they don't stop drugs, that they don't stop migration. A A wall is an immorality. It's not who we are as a nation. Uh, We do not agree with the building of the wall. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so immoral. It doesn't work. There won't be another foot of wall built in my administration. And, of course, now as we're going into a primary season and they see that they can't stop. They've been trying since he took office, trying to uh, trying to stop the American people from knowing what was happening. He assigned the border uh, czar uh, heels up Harris to go down there allegedly to deal with the border wall. And she never even bothered to go to the border. They tried to hide it from the American people. The problem is it's a little hard to hide 10 million illegal aliens pouring into our country and camping out all over the streets, murdering Americans, raping Americans, kidnapping and raping 11 year olds. Hard to hide that. It's hard to hide when you are now, by the way, the army when you're when entire uh, hotels like former luxury hotels like Roosevelt Hotel in New York City is now being housed. The guests are now the illegals, illegal aliens paid for it by you. In fact, the Roosevelt Hotel, when it had actual paying guests, was three hundred dollars a night. The Roosevelt Hotel is now charging the taxpayers five hundred dollars a night for the illegal aliens. 
Yeah. I read an article today that there's not going to be any hotel rooms around the Army-Navy game, which is going to be played this year, not in Annapolis, but in Massachusetts. I think it's Gillette Field in Massachusetts. And there's not, you know, you want to go, you've got a kid in the Army or the Navy, and you want to go to the biggest game of the year, one of the biggest events of, of, of their time when they're in either one of these academies, and you want to go and watch it? I've been to an Army-Navy game because my godson, Woodrow, just graduated Annapolis. Y'all know that. It's one of the biggest things I've ever done. Monumental, you know, event in my life. You know, um, we, we stayed at a hotel. We wouldn't have been able to go to that game. This is what they're doing to this country. So, no, they can't hide it anymore. We're going into a primary season. They've tried to dump all the money that they could into Ukraine to, to supposedly protect their borders while intentionally destroying this country with an invasion at our southern border. And they can't hide it anymore. So now they've got to pretend that they're on top of it and securing the border for our nation. Nobody's buying it. Peter Ducey, one of the few actual journalists who attempts, at least attempts to do a job, uh, was questioning Corrine Jean-Pierre today. And KGP, here's KGP, um, who, who struggles pretty much every day to even go in, into Taco Bell or wherever she eats and, and, and place a food order. Yet here she is being forced to try to explain why the Biden flip-flop on the border. The border wall is ineffective. Why is the Homeland Security Secretary saying that it's necessary to prevent unlawful entries into the United States? I've not seen that full that full statement. I know. I I, I hear you. I'm just saying I've not seen that full his full statement uh, on that. What I can speak to is for the president. The president has been very clear that he doesn't believe it's it's effective. He answered that question of your colleague. That's what I can speak to. That's what we're going to talk about. And we've actually said there are smarter ways and more effective ways in dealing with this. Um, Biden didn't didn't just say that it, they didn't work. He promised no additional money. He promised that there would not be another foot of wall built. There's another clip from KGP um, that I'd like you to play. That one uh, wasn't the one I was looking for. I was well, I was going to play that next. Play the other clip where where she's having to answer for Biden's flip flop. So I'm, pre- I'm President Biden's first day in office, uh, January 20th. Uh, he posted a proclamation in the Federal Register where he halted all funding um, that was being redirected to, to build a border wall. And he also ended the national emergency on the southern border. Also, in the first paragraph of that proclamation, he asked for a careful review of all resources that have been appropriated to the southern border wall. What was the result of that careful review? Don't have an update on the review, but happy to actually talk to the talk to the team, and, and we can work with you on getting uh, the result of that review. I mean, it's been two and a half years was part of it. I totally the understand. In June to, to I, restart I, construction on that. I, no, I, I totally understand. You asked me for a review. I'm not going to make something up from here, so I have to figure out from the team what came out of that review. So don't have an answer on that review that you're asking about from the first day of the president's uh, president's uh, administration. But I will also add that first day the president put forth a comprehensive uh, legis- uh, immigration. Uh, reform, right? To perform the system, to fix a broken system that has been broken for decades. The system isn't broken. The system is, isn't broken. What's broken is our national security. What's broken is our government, because this is an intentional uh, invasion manufactured by Joe Biden. And their idea of immigration reform is what's happening at the border right now. It, it, and it, And it's so devious. It's so destructive to this country. 
that it is literally destroying us. We're going to take a break. We come back. Mayor New York of New York City, Eric Adams, though, he might be riding in on his white horse while he's got a rat czar in New York trying to deal with a rat problem. He's flying off south of the border to get to the root of the cause of the immigration crisis. We're going to continue to talk about the crisis on our border when we come back. Don't go away. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Andrea K. telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I'm just ready for the Democrats to put out a bumper sticker that says, build the wall, man. Right? I mean, they might as well embrace it, the hypocrites. Because for how long have we been told, uh, not just by the Democrats, but, uh, oh, the entertainment industry, Hollywood, the a border is inhumane. Uh, these people are just coming here because they need work. These are the best of, of the world, and it's inhumane to not let them come here. And now, all of a sudden, the Department of Homeland Security is saying, we immediately need a wall. Of course, the Biden administration, to recap in case you missed the first segment, is backtracking on it. Biden is actually literally lying to your face today and claiming that he can't, that yes, he promised that there wouldn't be another foot of border wall, but you know the money's been appropriated. So what can he do? Except that he stopped funding the border and redirected funds from the border back in January of 2021 when he took office. Never tells the truth. He would climb a tree to tell the lie. But I wanted to pick up the story from there because in case you were worried about maybe dealing with the root cause of it, although quite frankly, I don't care what the root cause of it is. I really don't care why anybody's coming here. We have a country. You're not a citizen. You're breaking and entering. You're a criminal. And I want you out. The solution is a deportation force. If we have apps and we have all the and and motor voter uh, and all the different ways in which they're tracking the illegals because the goal is for them to become citizens and vote in our elections, then don't tell me that we can't find them and put them on a plane and get them out of our country. Instead, we got your favorite mayor, Mayor Eric Adams. He's going he's going to get to the root of the problem, babies. He's going to solve it. Sticks if you can play his clip. We are pulling off now to head to Mexico to speak with our leaders there and to really start the process of understanding the flow of migrants here to New York City and throughout the entire country. This is the type of conversation I believe we need to look at both local, national, and international to come with a resolution. This is ridiculous. We already had an agreement with Mexico. It was called Remain in Mexico. Dude, you know, I guarantee you he's checking in at uh, the one and only Palmia down in Cabo for the weekend. That's where he's going on taxpayer time. He's got no business in Mexico. (laughs) I guarantee you. Guarantee you he's going to be at the office. Is the office open down on Cabo yet? I think it opens October 1. Dude's going to be on the beach at the office having a margie. We need the Biden administration. What a game that's trying to play on us. Eric Adams going to the root cause. And it's not our problem to solve. There's no way the United States of America, particularly the financial situation we find ourselves in with $33 trillion of debt, the trillions of dollars or billions of dollars or how much money that's already been sent to Ukraine as well as around the rest of the world. 
while we have inflation and the backs of the American voter is being destroyed, it is not our job to go and fix every other system out there. We have immigration laws in this country. What's broken is the rule of law in the United States of America. And while I think last night we reported on the tyranny through the Department of Energy and how they're targeting all of our appliances, well, guess what? All these rules for the environment that they're using to control our lives, much to our misery down the road, all the the, the climate hoax, uh, all that, they go throw out the window. See, when they've got an agenda, the Biden administration is going to be, get this, they're going to be setting aside I don't know how many laws or regulations. Here's on Gateway Pundit. The Biden administration to disregard environmental, historical preservation, and Native American gravesite protection statutes to build the border wall segment. Now they're so desperate to get a, to, to finally, they've, they've gotten their 10 million in. So they're like, okay, we got the 10 million in. We're going we're gonna to be working them on housing them and getting them, getting them signed up to vote and all, and all the things. So, you know, going into the election time, let's, let's scurry around like cockroaches and pretend that we care about securing the border. And we're just going to trample all, all the environmental protections and protections for the indigenous people that we all pretend that we care about. I want to play a clip for you. I want to play a clip for you. You think about what I just reported. That after backtracking on the wall, the years of saying that walls were immoral, that they didn't work, that they were bigoted and xenophobic, that now not only are they building a wall, but they're also setting aside and trampling their own environmental regulations. And when they've got environmental regulations that are demanded of you, you better live up to it. I want you to think about that, how phony this whole climate change crap is. When you listen to this clip, Sticks, I think I pulled a clip of some... um, oil executive literally faking a cry over climate change. How worse does it have to get? How many kids have to die? How many more young people have to do this stuff? I don't know what else to say, Anna. Why aren't you on the streets with us? That's all I can say. How do you explain your inaction? How do you explain it? Everyone here, all the presenters that we talk to, how do you explain your inaction? How much longer are you going to keep this journalistic objectivity up until the water's lapping at your ankles, until your own kids haven't got food? How long? <laughs> and, and for how just long? a boil, what's next? Will you continue to, to disrupt uh, we gotta events? We've got to stop this. we got to stop what, this. Because now I'm flashing on Amber Heard. Did you watch any of the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial when Amber Heard was giving her testimony? No, I didn't. <laughs> Do you ever remember the... Did you watch Friends much in the 90s? Yeah, totally. I... <laughs> Do you remember when Joey was teaching an acting class and his technique that he taught him for how to make himself cry was to stab himself? He had something sharp in a pocket. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> and he would like stab himself. <laughs> That's what this lady did? No, this is what she needed to do because she couldn't get a tear out. You guys need to Google that clip and you will see the fakest acting ever. This is even faker than Amber Heard. This is the, she needed to watch that old episodes of Friends and watch Joey Tribbiani's techniques for how to fake a cry. <laughs> what were some of his other things? Did he have did he have um, the confused look? 
<laughs> Do you remember the confused look? Oh, uh-uh. It was you fake it. You pretend you're smelling something bad. That's funny. <laughs> I'm the only one laughing here. I'm laughing. That is a great episode. People tell me, look, there's some, I don't think there's some other sitcoms that hold up well in today's comedy. I actually think. Friends comedy really holds up well. I think there's some episodes of Seinfeld that doesn't hold up near as well as Friends. Um, I love that episode. <laughs> you don't remember when he's like trying to act like he's looking around or he's confused over something and he's like, pretend your friend next to you had gas. <laughs> it sounds All like right, the yeah. funniest episode there was. <laughs> It was to me. Um, well, you got to laugh at these people because they actually think they're swaying anybody anymore with this kind of nonsense. I mean, who's voting for this? All right. We got to get back and get serious because let me tell y'all, they are planning some serious stuff for us to control the outcome of our elections through cases like what's going on against Trump everywhere, uh, through through playing games with our minds and with messaging, and with actions like the border, but also a secret police FBI tactic that they use against MAGA and FBI whistleblower Steve Friend is going to be with us to tell you everything that you need to know. Stay tuned. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Don't forget our podcast. Download it wherever you get your pods. Email me at andreakayshow.com andreakayshow.com Look, on the day of January 6th, I, uh, y'all remember, you longtime Andrea K. Show listeners, you remember how angry I was at conservatives for all the hand-wringing and gnaw-boning and all oh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Somebody's got his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. And I said, stop it, because you're feeding the exploitation of this event and how it's going to be used against MAGA. This will be used against 75 million MAGA voters in order to criminalize our political beliefs, including, and most importantly, our right to question the outcome of an election. And since then, it has been uh, persecution and prosecution of Donald J. Trump, persecution and prosecution of over about 1,100 American citizens, many thrown into a gulag, denied bail. We still have Americans right now in a, in a concrete cell with a bucket for a toilet who hasn't even been given his day in court. As they've moved him around and made it impossible for the judge to find him. They have been criminalizing. Oh, and, and, and we, all, we all knew that, remember, uh, when, then when parents stood up at school board meetings, remember the uh, DOJ updating their counterterrorism unit to include those parents and anybody who basically, anybody who believes in the American First Agenda. The Department of Justice, the FBI are coming for us. We are currently living under a police state. And if you didn't believe it before, I mentioned this story that broke yesterday, I believe it was, where the FBI has created a brand new category of domestic terrorist, and it's all about MAGA. Here to discuss is brave, courageous, hero FBI whistleblower Steve Friend to discuss the story. Hi, Steve Friend. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. You've been on once before, and I'm honored to have you back with me tonight to talk about this. Great to be with you, Andrea. So, um, 
this may sound like, well, really, what's the difference between this and the fact that we already know that the Department of Homeland Security had uh, not to Homeland Security, but the DOJ with their with their counterterrorism unit declaring us this is this goes deeper than that. This goes beyond that. Now they've actually created a category an internal label called AGAAVE-OTHER to describe domestic political dissidents. Uh, according to an anonymous FBI agent, the language was carefully constructed to look nonpartisan, but in practical terms, it refers to MAGA. And another senior official put it more bluntly. He said, we've crossed the Rubicon. Trump's army constitutes the greatest threat of violence domestically. Um, this should shock every every American, but most importantly, all 75 million MAGA supporters, shouldn't it? It should, but uh, it's not new. This thing has been circulating for over a year now. Uh, it's something that uh, myself and uh, my fellow whistleblower, Kyle Serafin, have talked about, this A-G-A-A-V-E, anti-government, anti-authority, violent extremist. This is expanding the definition of the domestic violent extremist label that was used so prolifically for anybody who was uh, sneezing distance from the Capitol on January 6th. And it's in keeping with what the FBI's mission creep has been, and that is the ever-expanding national security state that is used to beef up its budget and, uh, unfortunately, turn law enforcement on its head where you expect a sheriff or a police chief to bring the crime down in your neighborhood. But the FBI is incentivized to bring the crime numbers up because it has a quota system. So as a result of that, they are, uh, their numbers were beefed up significantly after January 6th, and that is something that I blew the whistle about, which, you know, this, this, this piece coming out this week uh, was simultaneously uh, vindic- vindicating me, but very upsetting because this is a mainstream media outlet that didn't pick up on what I was laying down 13 months ago. Uh, yeah, Newsweek. This was Newsweek, by the way. Excuse me for interrupting, Steve Friend. This was Newsweek. And in fact, you tweeted out, uh, glad to see Newsweek reporting that everything I blew the whistle about is accurate. The FBI used January 6th to manipulate and artificially boost its domestic terrorism stats. Correct. They did. And, uh, and, and look, January 6th is very politically charged. Obviously, people have their, their opinions on what happened that day. But leave that uh, out of the conversation. January 6th is a boondoggle. It is the worst, most egregious example of what the FBI does in its usual course of action. And that is juking the stats. That is making itself look more productive than it actually is. And because that January 6th case was so lucrative for them, they were able to turn one case into thousands of cases and spread it around the country. There's now an expectation that they're going to hit that new quota. And those January 6th cases are going to be in drying up here as the statute of limitation runs out, as some of these defendants have pled guilty or been uh, convicted at trial. So they have to find more cases. So they are going to contrive or contrive any way they can to open up more domestic terrorism cases. And obviously they want to do so uh, against folks who are politically problematic for the for the administration. So they've chosen now to focus on. Republican voters. And that's consistent with what Joe Biden said. He said that MAGA Republicans were anti-government white supremacists and the FBI is all too happy because they can make the boss happy and get itself paid because senior executives get bonuses for these quotas. 
Um, so I'm sitting here thinking about all my years in corporate sales in corporate America to where um, we were incentivized. We were given, we had a quota. You had to go out and sell a, a X number of Xerox machines. And if you did, you go one president's club or whatever. And we were salary plus commission. And the more they sold and if people met their quota, they could expand their sales and, and, and hire more people. And that's how you expanded the workforce. So I'm sitting here thinking, um, basically, that should not be the model, the biz, there should not be a business model when it comes to law enforcement. Our law enforcement, particularly the top law enforcement agency of the land, is supposed to be not incentivized to go and find crime uh, and, and cook the books. It's supposed to be based on probable cause. Right. And then, uh, you know, investigating uh, the probable cause, uh, you know, situations. I'm, I don't have the terminology down. Um, so this this is just a waste. I mean, I'm kind of flabbergasted that, you know, the you has it always been this way or did the Biden administration and the left go, you know what, we we want to. Um, expand the police state. One way that we can do it is by incentivizing and compensating for more and more and more arrests that we can make. The and that gives us the opportunity to drag seventy five million voters. Is that well, this? This, I, this quota system began uh, predated the the Biden administration, but uh, it was certainly in, in expanded greatly into the domestic terrorism sphere beginning in twenty twenty one. Uh, and, and, and that is because the, they got extra funding to, to combat the worst, uh, most awful thing that's happened in the history of the country, worse than the Civil War, apparently, is, is this uh, two-hour guided tour through the Capitol that occurred. But as a result of that, the, uh, the FBI got an enormous budget increase, and they had to justify that. It's a self-looking ice cream cone, and they yep. aim to please. They will, they will provide. They ask for it, you will provide it. This quota system has been around for 10 years. It is no surprise that the number of domestic terrorism cases that the FBI has now says it has has quadrupled in the last 10 years. Have you seen a quadruple it, number right. of attacks? Yeah. And so what they're doing now is, um, you know, show me the man and I'll show you the crime so that they can meet their quotas. And so that the left uh, can, uh, you know, use our justice system and the police state in order to weaponize the government against us and transform us into their Marxist society. You don't have to agree with me, but that's the bigger picture play here. There should never be our law enforcement should never be incentivized for arrest ever. I agree with you uh, 100%. And that's why I would encourage everybody to go see the Dinesh D'Souza film, Police State, that's out. Uh, it's going to be out in the next few weeks, October 23rd, 25th, yeah. special. In, and uh, I was a part of that. Kyle Seraphim was a part of that. We brought this information out. It's going to be laid out for you on a, on the silver screen so you can be able to see what actual abuses are occurring on a regular basis. And they're not new. They've been going on for decades. Well, I've got an, I agree with another tweet of yours. Where is at weaponization? Where is at judiciary GOP? Uh, I don't know if you agree with Kevin McCarthy being removed as speaker. I don't know even know how political you are. But one of the reasons why he needed to go was because there's been no real oversight whatsoever uh, with this Republican Party. They haven't they haven't subpoenaed Hunter Biden and uh, they've known that this this quota system, this bounty on the heads of MAGA is going on in the FBI. It's a tool for the FBI to cook the books so that they can get more and more and more money. And then the GOP GOP with Kevin McCarthy has just been feeding that monster against us. Do you agree? 
Well, I, I think that they have a lot to do, and then hopefully they can get this speaker situation squared away and this weaponization committee can get back to doing everything. It's easy to get drawn into just the high-profile Hunter Biden things, but like as we talked about here, this quota system, this impacts everyday Americans, just like people True. praying outside of abortion clinics being prosecuted. Uh, so this, this weaponization committee has a daunting task ahead of it, but I stand ready to provide them any information they want, and apparently uh, some of my former colleagues do now. Uh, I'll be at 13 months too late. I wish they had been a little bit more brave and had my back when I needed it. But uh, they did bring some information out to Newsweek. So there are some more good people back the FBI willing to come forward. We don't have enough heroes like you. We don't have enough people with courage. We have too many people in this country that are just fat. And, 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 and I mean, I don't mean physically. I just mean fat and Garfield largesse and just willing to just accept whatever's going on so that they can get their paycheck and live large. And meanwhile, there are still some heroes like yourself that are willing to sacrifice for the greater good and for country. And I just appreciate that so much. Now that this stuff is being Cooperated, is there a chance or would you even want to get your job back? Uh, no, I think I've, I've evolved past uh, what the FBI does. I, I want to see the FBI eradicated from the earth at this point. I don't, I don't think in good conscience I could go back unless I was made maybe FBI director and had the task of giving pink slips out to all 40,000 people who work there. That would be absolutely fantastic. And if Trump or whatever Republican ends up, if we could ever get one elected again, I would like to see them uh, put you in that position to do that and let you just relish every great moment (laughs) of that. Thank you so much for being here, Steve Friend. Tell everybody um, where to follow you and 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 if they can support you somehow. Yes, uh, they can follow me on X, on the formerly known as Twitter, at Real Steve Friend. I do have a book that's out. Uh, the FBI wanted significant portions of it redacted. I refuse to do that. That's all in the pages. It's called True Blue, My Journey from Beat Cop to Suspended FBI Whistleblower. And contrary to what Debbie Wasserman Schultz said, uh, I didn't get in advance and didn't get paid. This information is out there uh, because I, it's the American people's. It's not mine. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, stay tuned, peeps. We got more Andrea K. Show coming right up. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. Um, Dick, Dick Butkus. NFL legend, I'm seeing a headline here, Dick Buckus, NFL legend, um, dies at the age of 80 after a medical emergency at his Malibu home. Um, refresh my memory sticks on Dick, Dick Buckus. Was he, he, he I guess, was, oh. He was a Chicago Bears. He was on the Chicago That's Bears right. for a long time. I remember him most from being, being the father on the sitcom Webster. Do you remember that? Was that Dick Buckus or was that somebody else? No, that was Dick Buckus. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was him. I don't think it was Dick Buckus. Kevin, back me up. <laughs> no, no, that was no, somebody I'm, else. No, I'm pretty sure it was him. Okay, uh, I'm looking here. A Hall of Famer spent his entire career with Chicago Bears. Um, one of the greatest linebackers of all time. Um, 
declared found unresponsive, declared dead at the scene. I'm not okay. seeing. No, it wasn't. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was oh, that was somebody else oh, with his terrible. wife, and they had the little African American yes. boy. His name, I guess, is the actor's name was Alex Chris, who was a football player and a professional yes. wrestler. But he was yes. not Dick Buckus. I'm sorry. Apologize. <laughs> But I do know he okay. Buckus was legendary Bears uh, football player. Yeah, for sure. You did get you did get that right. But just because he had a mustache did not make him Alex Karras, who was the star of that sitcom that you're talking about. What was the name of that sitcom? Webster. It was kind of Webster. like a like a that you know they stole the idea from that other one. Um, uh, you know, uh, different what you talking about Willis? Yes, it was different, different strokes. It was basically different strokes. But yeah. rest in All peace, that. Dick Buckus. I know he was known for being a real fierce linebacker. Like there's a couple yeah. stories about guys like he knocked out a few people as an as a linebacker. You know that's back when football was football, man. Well, and they didn't, know, ha- they didn't have these crazy these... pads, and the helmets were very thin. Well, and they maybe well, had not... one bar across. It <laughs> looked like you know like the the punters wear nowadays. Now and they, they didn't got this have whole all facial. these like. Well, well, not only that, but they've got all these rules where it's like you practically can't hit it. You practically got like a three-inch square where you can yes. hit somebody these days. Well, especially the quarterback because they want more offense because, you know, it's exciting to see touchdowns and stuff. So it's yeah, not like it used to be. Championships. That's why you'll see quarterbacks will have real long careers that in the past well, they yeah. wouldn't. The Tom Brady, you know, all of them, they lasted a lot longer because you can't sack a quarterback like he used to just. I mean, they would just get yeah. run over. Yeah, so. those were the, that's when football was fun to watch, to be honest with you. It's, it's just really, um, although I, I continue to love it up until they just completely just, you know, destroyed themselves and really uh, d- decided to run with scissors and stab themselves. Um, all right. Um, pop culture story of the day. I, I, did you hear about this stabbing in New York? No. Uh-uh. So this couple is sitting on a bench. They've been at one of the outer boroughs somewhere at a wedding. He's in a suit, no tie. She's in a full-length dress, and they're sitting on a park bench, and they get up to leave, and then they see a young black man kick somebody or something ahead of them, and then they stop, and he comes towards them, and he starts mouthing off. And then the the dude in the suit, you know, gives him a little kind of a girly shove to get away from him, and, you know, and so... While he's backing off um, in the video, well, he ends up getting the the 18-year-old black man stabs him to death on the sidewalk at 4 a.m. So immediately the story comes out that, oh, my gosh, there's this stabbing of this young couple in New York City. This is absolutely horrific. You see the stabbing on video. Um, She's, you know, shell-shocked, crying, looking around for help, and he dies in the hospital, and it's just absolutely horrific. Then the story evolves into the fact that all of his friends, he was some far lefty guy that actually used to work for Chuck Schumer, apparently, and uh, and all of his friends are all coming out and saying that he would, and, and defending his attacker and his murderer, saying that he would have had sympathy for him because he was unhoused and he was clearly in some kind of mental, you know, distress or something. I mean, to see... It even in the face of policies in New York City that has literally left their friend 
and boyfriend dead because the girlfriend is defending the attacker today, too. And people started looking into them going, what is wrong here? Something is wrong when your boyfriend and your friend, especially your boyfriend, your boyfriend gets stabbed in front of you at 4 a.m. by a monster wielding a knife in New York City and you're going to defend him. That's that's literally insane. So people start looking into her and some or some newspaper, I think it is, or media outlet called Goth Lamist starts reporting that, you know, what a far lefty climate, you know, huckster, you know, you know, lefty idiot uh, the the victim is and that the girlfriend is some Satanist, Satan worshiper. And, you know, to me, it then becomes a story of the insanity of the left. Because it's the it's the perfect you know story to exemplify why Democrats continue to double down on voting for Democrats. Because if you can justify your boyfriend being stabbed to death in front of you by a monster, something's wrong with you. And then, of course, because he was black, when he was finally apprehended today, CBS News blurred his image because no doubt they didn't want you to see that this was another random senseless murder committed in New York City by a black man. Just like the Asian woman that's on the viral video today who's walking down the street in New York City and some black man comes up and knocks her unconscious. Just like another video from a couple of days ago where some young man is just walking down the street in New York and a black man comes up and cold cocks him and beats him within an inch of his life. This is happening all over New York City. And they're trying to hide it. Of course, they can't because, thank goodness, we actually have the Internet. But to hear these Democrats defending him as though the victim is not their dead boyfriend and their dead friend, but the person who stabbed him to death like an animal in the street. We can survive these Nobel policies. And by the way, L.A. County right now has officially made no bail in effect. Nobody pays bail, I guess, in L.A. County now. So it's only going to get worse as we still have Democrat voters want to justify and act as though the innocent law abiding Americans are the bad guys in this country and the, the monsters and the animals on the streets are the real victims. When does this insanity end? They just the Democrats just keep doubling down on it. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Hour two. Hour two of tonight's Andrew K. Show is coming uh, back in a moment. And speaking of insanity, wait till you hear what the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, has planned for the workplace. We're going to share that with you when we come back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 